Sup, family. I had titled this, uh, What is Afrocentric Sage? I had did this podcast and they asked me what that was. And then I realized like I did kind of change the channel name and everything without really explaining really what that means. So Afrocentric, meaning African-centered, African ideology, really like an ancient ideology, beliefs, and a way of life. And sage, meaning wisdom, like a seer or a a shaman or a, I don't want to say counselor, but more like an advisor or someone who offers some guidance. So just the two put together is really around African-centered ideology, wisdom, and guidance. I talk so much about Africanness and Blackness, and I cannot get away from it. I swear to God, I really wish I could (laughs) sometimes, but I can't because I feel like we don't know anything about ourselves. We don't know a lot about ourselves. And I think a part of my mission in life is to help us rediscover ourselves. When I thought about it, when I thought back about like how I even came into birth work, right? The reason why I was so passionate about it in the first place is because I realized that our black babies was dying. I was fascinated with the idea of pregnancy and babies from a very early age. Didn't really know where that came from. But then when I really learned about the black infant mortality rate and I was like, oh, I got to get involved in this because I was very much into our history anyway. And I just started to see so many patterns. And so my last talk on here, I was talking about some of those early instances in my life with like my mother going to the school and confronting the teachers and the principals about this sort of white teacher, black student dynamic. And there were just other things that I saw within my upbringing and then reading in my history, even what they taught us in school, like I really wasn't satisfied with it just being like, oh, we fought for some civil rights. And I'm and I'm like, oh, well, you know what? It's still kind of fucked up now. So like, what do that mean? Well, you know, and of course I was, a, and still am a big follower and, and fan. Shout out to brother Malcolm X and brother Marcus Garvey too, who we don't really hear about and, you know, so many others. And so once I really was intentional about my career in infant mortality, then that's really when I started to peel back all of these sort of interconnected layers as to why this was happening in the first place. And then I was like, okay, I got to do something even bigger and greater in order to reach a large audience and a massive audience. And the other part to this too is that in sage, when we're talking about a sage or wisdom, what that often, what that also comes with is the ability to be a critical thinker. Critical thinking is a skill that we don't have a lot of or don't see a lot of because it's not taught 
in schools. And so one of the things I'm really big on as a mother is I always tell my kids, like, you know, I'm not here to teach you what to think. I'm here to teach you how to think, because if you know how to think, the sky is the limit. One of the things we, we don't use in our everyday lives is logic, but more importantly than that is making inferences, right? And inferences is a part of critical thinking, meaning you don't have to have all the pieces of the puzzle in order to see the full picture. You can make an inference, right? And I think that's the other reason why I love puzzles so much. So another thing about me is that I am a strategy lover. I'm a puzzle lover. I'm a mystery lover. Like from <laughs> very early on, I used to read Nancy Drew books, even in my adulthood. And actually, even still on my computer, I, you know, Nancy Drew comes out with like these computer games, mystery games. And I still purchase these. I haven't played one in about a couple years, but like it's something about solving a mystery and solving a puzzle that is so intriguing to me. And that's a part of why I'm like a crazy researcher is because in life, there are no problems. There's only puzzles. Because when you think about when you have a problem, then a problem feels very overwhelming and you start to get kind of panicky about it. Logic goes out of the window because you are just so fixated on this problem. But if you think about your problem or a problem like a puzzle, then it's a bit more digestible in terms of you solving that puzzle, which means that the pieces are all out there in order for you to solve it. You just have to locate those pieces and you have to put them together. And how do you get to each one of those pieces is by making inferences, which again, is you not having all of the pieces, but you being able to make some assumptions and kind of go down this path to see if it takes you further or if it takes you to a dead end. If it takes you to a dead end, cool. You just go back and you start over because you still have the pieces that you have, but maybe now you need to take a different path around that. And so that's really how I kind of approach life and how I approach the things that I do. And I, and I turned over to coaching people, but my coaching style is just like, it's different. It's not like how a trainer or, you know, a fitness trainer would be all in your face and you got to do this. You got to do this. I am training or I more so am coaching people on a personal level to break up with white America. And so I have to say that in that way, because it's a bit more shocking and it's like, Oh, well, what do you mean by that? I didn't think about it like breaking up with white America, but what it really is, is, black empowerment if i just say black empowerment people are just like oh okay well that sounds nice but we already black lives matter <laughs> right and and so i have to be able to you have to kind of like put a shock factor to it to say like no this is you breaking up with white america you know what that means that means you know you doing grief recovery whatever your personal beliefs are inferences yeah but because they don't teach us uh someone said here inferences i don't think i ever heard that word before that's because they don't teach us logic so when in college there you can take a class called a logic class that falls under the branch of philosophy right because logic is one of the branches of philosophy just like aesthetics 
is a branch of philosophy, which is around beauty because beauty is an art. And so unless you go to college and you know that that class exists, you wouldn't know what it is. I, I only know, I think I only know what inferences are. It's because, because like I said, I'm a huge puzzle lover. I'm a huge uh, strategist. Like I love strategy. And so, you know, it's important that we learn inferences though, because that's what helps us gain more uh, wisdom and it stretches our mind out um, to this, this, this unknown sort of capacity, because then it allows you to use your imagination um, in order to solve puzzles, you know? So you think of a scenario or you think of an end goal that you've never seen. And so you kind of work backwards in order to get to that place. And so I think for me, the final goal where I'm looking at is, is our, our actual freedom and our actual liberation. And so that, for me means us having to build our own infrastructure. So then I can see the bigger picture. And so I have made all of these sort of inferences all the way up to, to understand a bit more around, well, how is the death of black babies interconnected to mass incarceration or single motherhood, or, you know, a lot of the different issues that we might have within a black community, because, no one will ever actually say inferences is just that <laughs> what they'll do is like not help, not help you out, uh, break up your families and then, and then say that the fathers aren't in the homes and things like that. You know, I was talking to someone today and, you know, they had been trying to the custody battle and trying to get their child back. And they was just talking to me about how they've been calling down to the courts and they've been telling them to call here and call here and call there. And like, I told them like, listen, these systems was never meant for you to, to be able to navigate through them. Like how you are feeling and what you are experiencing right now is exactly what these systems want you to do. They want you to give up. They want you to give up on having your child, seeing your child, being in your child's life. Like that is what is designed to do. And you can't tell me any different or it wouldn't be so difficult. Right. So it, it, it brings you to a place to where you are stressed. And then you want to go take a drink and then you want to get high and then you want to, you know, do all of these things because these systems were not meant for you to be able to navigate through them in the first place. We have to be able to design our own infrastructures and systems. And we do have a roadmap. We do have a blueprint because it has been done before in ancient, ancient civilizations. I was reading about this one civilization and the journey of, of the Songhai people. S-O-N-G-H-A-I, the Songhai people. And that's the name of the book, The Journey of the Songhai People. But these people lived, this was in like 1400 BC. And this was in ancient Africa. Um, these people had built houses, towns, roads. Their homes had plumbing, plumbing in it. This was in 1400 BC, plumbing from second story homes from upstairs, downstairs, you know, just how our houses are now. But um, there is a historian uh, from the UK is Robin Walker. He has, yes, that's his name. His name is Robin Walker. He's a part of this larger 
coalition, the black British people, they the truth. They are better than black Americans. Okay. They understand very clearly what is going on and what is happening. And the black British are not with the shits. Not how Americans is over here kind of letting it slide. And I think that for them, it is a matter of the fact that they have a white queen. <laughs> and so apparently this is not sitting well with the black British people that <laughs> they still have a white queen. And so the way that they approach history and how the, they are over there, they didn't build, it's a, it's a, uh, a lady over there who has um, built a school, like a school network exclusively for black uh, students, for black children. Um, and she was a former educator in their system. She, she stepped outside of the system and she created her own. So, I mean, the black Brits are really over there doing the damn thing. But back to Robin Walker, if you look at look up on YouTube and research him, he has his lectures are so interesting. But he has this one uh, lecture where he's talking about um, the Sudanese people in Sudan. And, um, you know, how we only hear about the Egyptian pyramids and you, which now Egypt is completely whitewashed. Right. Sudan, for example. Oh, my God. He shows old pictures of Sudan, and some of the some of the uh, structures are still there. But the European Europeans, when they came in to colonize that area, I mean, they literally like bulldozed all of the temples and the houses and like the artifacts purposely to be able to flatten our our history and our heritage. But he shows these pictures and I am like, whoa, it's a it's a copy of what you would see in ancient uh, Greece and in, uh, in ancient Roman times. Because when when the Romans and the Greeks came to invade Egypt in those parts of the land, that was how they got their ideas around how to even build a civilization. So when you go over to Europe in present day, you'll notice that those towns are very, very old. When I went over to Paris, I went over to France. I was in Paris specifically and, and proper. That is an old, old, old town. Like the buildings, the structures, the streets are like old. They're like 2,000 years old. Like the photos and the things that Robin Walker shows when I saw that, I was like, wow, like it's like a replica, even though in Sudan that those things have been built before 2000 years ago. Right. So what I'm saying is like, even all of the, what we know about the story around Jesus and Mary, God, or is it Joseph? Uh, you know, whatever the, the point is, <laughs> That story actually, of course, comes from ancient Africa, but it was, it's a story of Isis and Horus and Osiris, right? And so again, when the Greeks and the Romans invaded Egypt, they, they copycatted, they took the history, they took what they found in Egypt and then they copied it. And then they basically just inserted their own sort of names into that. So even the Greek mythology, like we always hear about Greek mythology, but Greek mythology came from Egyptian mythology. So all of those Greek names in terms like 
Hades, Hades, who who was the the god of the the underworld, the underworld. You have uh, not a, what's the the one with the with the whale. It's being lost upon me. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, all of those Greek mythology uh, characters came from a version of the Egyptian characters. And all of those characters were used to tell morals of a story around our morality and how we behave as humans and how we don't behave as humans. So that has been translated over time to now what people look at as Christianity or Judaism or three main religions, Islam, Judaism, and and Christianity. And so these books were first created in ancient Egypt. So there's just so, so much. So when I say Afrocentric sage, what I am bringing into even my coaching work is all of these things that I have the knowledge that I have come to know and acquire. And I'm, and I'm really pushing us to build our own infrastructures so whatever field it is that you work in, whatever skill it is that you have, whatever it is that you want to do, I'm going to push you to make it of a bigger thing, right? More of like a conglomerate because we need the education systems. We need the businesses. We need the social services, which if we were operating in our African centeredness, we actually wouldn't need social services because it's just a part of our of our humanity and charity work to to help one another. And so, Dr. John Henry Clark he always says um, in his lectures that you know in ancient Egypt it wasn't a such thing as nursing homes. It wasn't a such thing as teen pregnancies. It wasn't a such thing as a lot of these things that are now within a social service <clears throat> sector, none of those things ever existed because we had a family, we had a family structure and we had a standard and we had to marry, you know, this person off to this person. It was how families came together and, and, and was able to build and to expand. So we have completely lost that has been lost in translation because we have been assimilated to Western society. We have been assimilated to all of the sort of the ill behaviors and the things that we do. We have learned, we've learned this from from Western society. We've learned this from Europeans. We have completely lost and forgotten who we are. And that's why we see so much uh, chaos within our communities because we aren't operating within our African centeredness. We are operating in our Euro-centered way and that is obviously not aligned with who we are you know because our melanin really does tell a story our melanin is what it is the melanin is what makes us so humane it's it's what makes us so humane it's what makes us so spiritual it's what makes us who we are and so when we have gotten away from that then that's what that's what ends up happening so i was going back to my Google Drive because I was looking at some of my old writings, I had wrote this 
piece <laughs> with my class. I had started going to Ashland University, getting my master's of fine arts and creative writing, right? Because I'm a writer and I've been writing for so many years. I have so much, so many writings. Long story short, I was in a class. I think it was five or six people in the class besides it was me and it was it was another black girl in the class but you know she was black but she definitely wasn't really raised around like you know black folks so I'm like the person in there who like blacker than black black y'all right so my first not my first one but my second story that I had to submit for the class and they give you feedback on it and everything and I'm like oh shit I don't know what they gonna say about this because you know I'm talking black 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 right so it was called everybody is a racist <laughs> like that was that's just the title of it it's like everybody is a racist and it was like of course shocking for them but you know and reading it what I was talking about was just that how everybody really is a racist. Like if we're going to use this term racist and racism, then let's just be clear that racism just means whiteness. <laughs> that's what, that's what racism means. It means white folks being who white folks have always historically been. So it's whiteness. And so because we have adopted the whiteness, then that makes us racist as well, right? Everybody is a racist because we are operating from this Eurocentric, Euro-centered way of living and thinking and, and ideology, right? And so that makes all of us racist. So I have wrote this small piece called Don't Send Your Eagles to Turtle School. So this is the premise. I'm going to read like the first paragraph of it. And it says... If you send your eagles to turtle school, then they'll never learn how to get off the ground and fly. They will spend their entire lives learning to live a life that is not made for them. They'll never know that they can fly and soar. They will believe that their home is on the ground and therefore they'll move at a slow pace modeling the turtles around them. Because eagles do not learn to be eagles in turtle school. In turtle school, they learn to be turtles. They eat the same food as turtles, and they live in the sea like turtles. But they never fully understand why they are unable to go under the water like the turtles. They do understand that they will drown if they go under and try to stay there longer. And the eagle sits there and watches the turtle stay under the water for a long time. If you catch in the premise, that's privilege. That's what we call white privilege. So they see the turtles go underwater, find their food, and come back to shore. But the eagle is almost always starving unless the turtles decide to bring food back to the eagle who cannot go underwater to eat. The turtles know that the eagle is unable to eat without them. Turtle also understands that the eagle is unaware of his nature. The turtle understands that the eagle doesn't know that he can just fly. And so the turtles understand that in order for them to feel safe, they can, the eagles eat turtles. <laughs> 
So in order for the turtles to feel safe, they allow the eagle to believe that he is a turtle because they know that he is a threat. And so if the eagle ever found out that he's an eagle, he could eat the turtles, but he could just leave and fly away. And so I'm going to tweak that a little bit, but basically that's the premise. So this is why you never send your, you will never send your eagle to turtle school. If you send your eagle to turtle school, he going to learn how to be a turtle. He's not going to learn to be an eagle. How can a turtle teach an eagle how to be an eagle? That's, it's impossible. So essentially that is what has happened to us. We are eagles. And we have been taught to be turtles. We've been eagles going to turtle school our whole lives. And so we are, we are unaware that we can even fly. And here's the thing. The eagle is actually not even thinking about eating the turtle. <laughs> because the first thing the eagle is going to do once it figures out it can fly is just fly. You know? But... I, I created that story as a analogy to what it is that we are experiencing as black folks in our society currently. And if we don't do anything about it, then we're going to keep, you know, being treated as turtles when we are eagles. So it's important that what I bring to this is the knowledge and the education. And I, I kind of find myself in a position that I never really thought that I would be in, which is kind of like being a teacher, you know, like I feel like I'm teaching this knowledge and I'm putting it in a way that, that people can understand that's digestible, that people can take bite-sized pieces of it and say, damn, that is thought provoking. I have to sit with that for a minute. <laughs> And I'm saying, yes, like, go ahead and sit with that because it's important that we start somewhere. And so that is what Afrocentric Sage is. And that's what it's about. And that's who I am and what I'm about. I'm basically the teacher and, and I'm still learning. I'm always the student. I'm always the student. I'm always the student. But what I do know, I do understand that when the student is ready, to, the teacher appears. And so for those people who, who come on here to my lives, just be a couple of y'all, but it's all good. You know, I encourage y'all to share it, like it so that I can kind of circulate this a little bit more because it's important to me to do this. I can't get away from it. I, I feel like I've been trying for some years and actually working through, oh, through infant mortality intensified it for me. Because I found a paper that I wrote probably 10 years ago where I was listing out all of these subjects and these classes that I wanted to teach black people about. It was like the black dollar, the black family, black religion, black education, black. It was like 10 different chapters or 10 different areas that I wanted to host classes and talk about. And that was like 10 years ago. I used to have a, a group on Facebook called Melanated Consciousness, 
where I invited black people into this group to talk about, you know, these different issues and to really get some resolution and create solutions around what it is that we actually need to needed to do next. And then I really got caught up into the birth work, which was perfect because it actually drove the point home to me even closer. And so I needed that experience because then I was like, damn, like, man, this is actually my calling right here. Like I thought birth work was my calling, but my calling is actually really to teach because I understand that we have to get our eagles out of turtle school and we the eagles and we got to come out of turtle school. We have to build eagle schools and it has to start here. So this is like the Afrocentric Sage Academy. So keep tuning in. I appreciate you joining me. Please like, please share, please subscribe.